you cannot be one of the sole gatekeepers to news and information, particularly for millennials, for the younger generation. You cannot be the gatekeeper to that information. You cannot be basically 80%, maybe 75, 80% of where people get their news, where people get their pop culture, their sports entertainment, their their you know history knowledge, their all the different categories of YouTube. Why this is so dangerous and why they can't just do whatever they want because they're a private platform is because the bottom line is as as a society, right? We have um, we have always had a choice on what news we will consume in China and other countries. They don't really have a choice. They are fed state run media and propaganda uh, specifically in China. But in America, at some point years ago, we all had a choice on what news we could consume and people, many people kind of had a, a little, you know, they sampled from a buffet table. Maybe their, their go-to was CNN or MSNBC, but they also turned Fox on to see what the you know, right-wing people were talking about. And then as they got disillusioned with the corporate media, they started experimenting with alternative and independent sources. But the point of an actual democracy is to have a choice of where you get your news and information. And Silicon Valley in the guise, under the guise of trying to eliminate extremism and disinformation has now chosen to try and eliminate the very platforms that frankly are, are in large part responsible for people be starting to support things like Medicare for All more, supporting a Green New Deal, Supporting banning fracking, supporting Black Lives Matter, supporting more and more talk of, talk of a general strike, supporting ending the endless wars. As you see these progressive policies increase in popularity on the left and more Republicans even starting to support these, that's not happening because CNN and MSNBC and the Washington Post and the New York Times and all of those corporate outlets are, you know, really telling their viewers and readers and subscribers the truth on universal health care, these destructive wars, fracking, private prisons, uh, droning. I could go on. So there is a direct correlation here. The progressive agenda, we might have not seized power yet, but we are starting to seize minds. And I know that's not enough for everybody. We're tired of moving the Overton window. We want to seize power. I get it. However, it's not a coincidence that all of these channels, and even some channels that, frankly, I have no respect for, they and willfully mislead their audiences. It's not a coincidence that... YouTube is eliminating channels that have poo-pooed Russiagate and said, we're not going to go along with the Russiagate narrative because there's no, there's no evidence that's been provided. 
the people who call out the fact that we're now in Afghanistan for 20 years, the people who advocate and speak with organizers and uh, organizers and uh, labor union representatives about potential general strikes, the people that are critical of the crumbs that the Democratic Party is advocating for you, the people that have been on the ground like us on Black Lives Matter and the police terrorism long before George Floyd was even a name. We were out there. This is not about, you know, purging YouTube and Facebook and all these platforms of right-wing extremism. This is about purging alternative information, not alternative facts. We all, I mean, not all of us, but most of the channels being demonetized actually come with facts, come with evidence, come with information backed up by data and evidence. This is about purging anti-corporate, anti-capitalist, anti-war voices. That's it. That's what this is about. I'm not against accountability, accountability for hosts or networks that do massive disinformation, that willfully mislead their audience, that willfully stoke their audiences. But accountability is different than censorship. You know, yesterday I tweeted out, you know, I'm a human being. Sometimes I say things in the heat of moment. Some things, sometimes I just say things that I'm wrong. And you just, you just got to apologize when you're wrong and, and own up to it. So I tweeted out, listen, on the day of the Capitol attack, I tweeted out that all of these channels that were egging this on and stoking this should be taken off the air. You know, with time to think about that, uh, seeing the censorship machete, censorship machete that YouTube is now taking, that Facebook is is taking, I said, I tweeted out yesterday, I regret this tweet. Not because I don't think some hosts and some channels should have accountability, but because if, uh, unless you are directly calling for violence, which is a very specific thing, you know, we live technically, even though we don't live in a democracy, we're supposed to, we live in a society where people are free to spew conspiracies. People are free to give their alternative views on things. There, the accountability can come with lawsuits. Just before I get, just before I got on air, Fox News was just was just sued by Dominion, uh, the voting machine company that's called accountability uh they could be held accountable by pressuring advertisers not to advertise with these networks so there are ways to hold platforms hosts whomever that are are pushing misinformation accountable but that's not the same thing as just arbitrarily willy-nilly demonetizing them or removing them. Those are two separate things. You know, one example that comes to mind, Ford Fisher, and I apologize, I don't have it in front of me, but Ford Fisher, who I think is a great journalist, he's been all over the country, other than status quo, he's one of the only uh, people I know in the independent space that is out there constantly, including during a deadly pandemic. Uh, YouTube, like our channel, they took down our live stream from the Capitol Hill attacks 
uh, John Farina's brave footage that was featured on CNN and MSNBC and ABC, NBC, CBS, BBC, The Guardian, Showtime, glo- other global stations, Japan, Australia. That footage for, shot by John that he risked his life and, by the way, hurt his ribs for several weeks after. Uh, that was taken down our live stream, taken down our channel, claiming that it's violated spam. They took down our footage from the Capitol Hill attacks. They took down Ford's footage from the Capitol attacks. They demonetized Ford's footage. And what they said in, I guess, the explanation for why they demonetized Ford's channel was he didn't provide, he didn't provide the proper context he didn't provide the proper context in his videos. So he only provided by covering um, the Capitol Hill attacks, by covering other right-wing rallies, by interviewing right-wingers, pushing out their false um, beliefs about the election being rigged, hundreds of thousands of votes being uh illegally stolen from Trump and given to Biden, which I've been on the record since the election. That didn't happen. Channels claiming they're just pushing election integrity while telling you the election was stolen are just misleading you. They, I still stand by that. I mean, you know who I'm talking about. They were misleading you. They could dress it up as election integrity. Election integrity and covering election integrity is great. Pushing claims, not reporting, claims that you have evidence or, or the election was clearly stolen and blah, blah, blah. That's not reporting. That's just pushing your fact-free, evidence-free claims, claims, not reporting. But with that said, I was wrong. I don't think Convo Couch should be deplatformed for pushing those claims. I don't think other channels should be deplatformed for pushing those claims. Um, frankly, if they want to push unfounded claims and people want to watch that that's america that's fine as long as they're not calling for violence which i don't watch their channel enough i I benefited the doubt that they weren't calling for people to storm the capitol and be violent then they have a right to exist so when youtube sends out just no warning just totally demonetizes your platform which you know ford luckily for us youtube Revenue, it's an important part of our business. It's not the sole part of our business. So the bottom line is YouTube doesn't get to decide what is the appropriate context for independent journalists to give in videos. And by the way, Ford Fisher, who's a great journalist, has put his health at risk, put his body at risk all over this country from MAGA rallies to Proud Boy rallies to QAnon rallies to the whole nine because he thinks, just like we think, it's important to show the growing conspiracy and white supremacist explosion in this country. Not showing it and just pretending it doesn't exist. What does that do? Graham Elwood, one of the nicest guys you could find. You know, he might not be a reporter in the field, but he works hard. I think he does five or six live streams a week. He's built a channel. I, I don't know what he has. I think like 70-something, 70 70,000 subscribers. It's hard work to build a channel. 
Jen and I have been working six, seven days a week for three years to build this. We just passed 109,000 subscribers, by the way. But Graham Elwood, I guess he did a segment on JFK's assassination, and all of a sudden he's demonetized? Well, JFK's assassination is one of the most commonly discussed scandals in American history. There's a gazillion books about it. There's a gazillion documentaries about it. it there's a whole industry on JFK's assassination. By the way, just me saying the words JFK assassination probably means this video is going to be demonetized or this channel will be demonetized. That's not a democracy. Silicon Valley does not have the right. I don't care if it's a private platform. You do not have the right to dictate what is the acceptable topics, what is not the acceptable topics. And the truth is, and I've seen, I've seen YouTube's explanations when they took down our live videos, historic footage that John Farina shot for us at the Capitol. I'm not exaggerating. He put his life on the line. When you are in those situations, how would he know, or if I was there, which I wasn't, how do you know if shots are going to be fired any minute when you have a mob storming the Capitol? How do you know if it, shots are not going to start firing at any minute? There were armed militiamen. You know, who is Google and YouTube? When they took down our historic footage, they said, uh, this is advancing claims, advancing false claims of election fraud. You know, they said years ago, the banks, if they're too big to fail, they must be taken down. Well, if your algorithm is too stupid or too incompetent or intentionally designed not to distinguish between mobs that are actually storming the Capitol to stop a, an election from being certified, if YouTube and Facebook, if they're technology, their algorithms cannot tell the difference between, you know, loony Q QAnon channels who are part of this storming of the Capitol, which, by the way, is insurrection. Uh, you know, these channels that are minimizing it, oh, it's just a few knuckleheads out there. Yeah, tell that to the five people who died. You fucking idiots. Excuse me, mom. Sorry, I cursed. If you can't distinguish between the people involved in the mob and the channels that are doing, say it with me, news coverage, then you are too stupid to exist and too big to be a private company. You need to be publicly regulated. You know, life is short. I'm not going to stay away from certain topics for fear of Big Brother. And you want to know something? Tonight or tomorrow morning, I might be the next to get an email channel demonetized, which would be horrendous for us because you should understand it's not just that they demonetize the channels, making super chats not possible, making no way you could make money on videos with the demonetization with that demonetization. It further suppresses your channel. So you don't show, you, you show up less in people's feeds. You show, uh, 
basically we were hidden in a cave for a very long time. We're still basically hidden. They do that more. So it's not just the fact that you lose the ability to make money. You lose the ability to get, build your audience. So to me, you know, I understand that the corporate media is fixated on Marjorie Taylor Greene, a QAnon nut who's now a congressperson who said 9-11 didn't really happen, who said Parkland was, you know, a false flag and all these things. She's a nut. I get it. I understand they want to cover that, nine, you know, all day, every day now, instead of the fact that the Democratic Party is already moonwalking on their promises to people in Georgia. The Democratic Party is currently negotiating against itself to water down badly needed relief, which I'm going to get to after this. But I don't know. I kind of think it's a big deal when Silicon Valley is literally just purging alternative voices, alternative thoughts. You ever you ever read the book 1984? If you haven't and you have time, read it because that's what this is. And you want to know who is hurt the most by all of this in this channel's case? Because again, at this moment, let me check, because who knows? At this moment, we are still monetized. The fact that the media has no concerns about this at all shows you they are not, this is CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, Washington Post, they're not journalists. They are vehicles for advertisers. And when YouTube puts in its little takedown notices, this is harmful content for our viewers, and it's also harmful to our advertisers. Just take away harmful to our viewers because it ain't about the viewers and harm to our users. The key phrase is this is harmful to our advertisers because that's what all of this is about, and we should just drop the facade that YouTube is YouTube. It's not YouTube anymore. It's YouTube. When news and information platforms are openly being twisted and mangled into a very nice sanitized sandwich for corporate advertisers, that's no longer news and information. That is state-run fascism. And there's different forms of fascism. There's what we saw in the Holocaust, and then there's lower forms of fascism. But if you Google and do the research on what are the precursors to fascism, one of the precursors to fascism is censorship. And that's what we're seeing right now. So I'm not saying, I'm not saying this is the, you know, the technical or technocratic Holocaust. But when you, the government, allows... Silicon Valley to basically pick and choose winners. You know, I've been off for a week, so I didn't get into this GameStop stuff. But well, everybody's been talking about the manipulation, the manipulation of Wall Street that is exposed through this GameStop story. And these Reddit users fighting back and using, you know, giving the Wall Street short sellers a taste of their own medicine. Well, guess what? That same manipulation that has been exposed by the Redditors and that CNBC is freaking out now that poor people and working class people are fighting back, 
That same manipulation and rigged system is right here on YouTube. Because YouTube is using its algorithm to manipulate the information war. To flood your feed with CNN, with MSNBC, which used to get, I don't know, a couple thousand views per video. Now they're getting hundreds of thousands of views. What changed? Did people suddenly fall in love with Wolf Blitzer and Morning Joe? Or are people's feeds being flooded with that kind of content while channels like this, who on shoestring budgets go to Flint 17 times to tell you, yeah, the water's still poison, seven years later, hey, here's the government officials that caused this and then covered it up, who go to show you the fights on the ground against pipelines, who cover Black Lives Matter long before George Floyd became a national historic moment, who went to Louisiana, uh, Louisville to cover the murder of Breonna Taylor, who went to Ohio and Detroit to cover 15,000 General Motors workers being laid off. I didn't see any corporate outlets there. Frankly, I didn't see any independent outlets there. Who went to Seattle to cover the economic terrorism of Amazon? Who Jeff Bezos just stepped down. I ain't taking credit for it, but it's a good day. There's a whole long extra list of stories we've done on a shoestring budget. You know, we have a bunch of millionaires, Republicans and Democrats, but the Democrats have the White House, the Senate, and the House right now, who seem to not understand the term urgency, who seem to be grossly disconnected from what actual working people are experiencing right now. When, you know, Biden's out there on the Georgia campaign trail, you elect uh, Warn- Warnoff, Warnock, what was his, uh, yeah, Warnock and Ossoff, you're getting a $2,000 check right out the door which then becomes a $1,400 check on top of the $600 down payment. And, oh, wait, now we're going to try means test it because we don't want the wealthy getting the money, which is a bullshit and a half statement. A one-time $2,000 check was already a slap in the face, folks. That's not enough during an economic depression. Canada's giving its citizens $2,000 a month. Australia, France the UK, other countries that are far less wealthy than us are giving their countries, our citizens, $2,000 a month, $3,000 a month, or are are paying for payrolls so their citizens aren't plunged onto unemployment. It was already a slap in the face to say, we're going to give you a one-time $2,000 check. But now the Democratic Party is coming out with the bullshit. Oh, no, we meant... A 600, you know, we already gave you the $600 check, which might pay for like half of one of your 25 bills sitting on your kitchen table. Now we're going to give you a $1,400 check, which if you add 1400 to 600 equals 2000 But wait, the 1400 because we have to negotiate against ourselves, even when we have the House, the Senate, and the presidency, we have to negotiate against ourselves because we're not actually representing the people. We have to answer to our Wall Street donors. We have to answer to Big Pharma, Big Real Estate, Silicon Valley, the military industrial complex. So, yeah, let's means test it. Let's, instead of, uh, instead of capping it at $75,000, an individual, 
which by the way, they're looking at individuals tax returns from 2019, not 2020. So you might be disqualifying people now uh, under $75,000 who were making $75,000 in 2019 before they lost their job in COVID and are now on long bread lines. And then Speaker Pelosi, Donald Trump's not in office anymore, so I don't want to hear it about Donald Trump. Joe Biden is the president. Pelosi's the speaker. Schumer is the Senate majority leader. Then Nancy Pelosi has the gall to come out today and say this shit. To more fully address official gaps in the medical supply chain, and the list goes on. We want to save lives and save livelihoods. It's going to cost some money to do so. But it is a good investment. And don't take it from us, whether you're talking about the chairman of the Fed, the secretary of the Treasury, uh, um, Mark Zandi. Other economists have said, even the governor of West Virginia has said, go big rather than go small. And, and that's what we have to do. It is a reasonable plan. It meets the needs. It is not excessive. It is coronavirus-centric. It is in a timely fashion. And that's where we have to go if we are going to, again, put vaccine in people's arms, children in school, money in people's pockets, and uh, workers back in their jobs. So it's, a, it's pretty exciting what he's put there. And what we did at the end of December plus this is approximately what we have been advocating in the HEROES Act all along, 3.2. This comes up to nearly $3 uh, trillion. But that's what the needs of, for the Republican senators to come in at $600 billion, one-third. Well, what is it? Are we going to feed fewer children? Are we going to inoculate fewer people? Are we going to... How, how do you cut that? I think they have not respected our HEROES by supporting state and local government. These are the people who are on the first line, whether it's healthcare workers, police and fire first responders of any kind, sanitation, transportation, food workers, our teachers, our teachers, our teachers. I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know where to begin. First of all, first of all, um, I recall, I don't know if you guys recall this, in October, when Trump, who's vile, I think should be impeached, I think he should be convicted, frankly, separate, I think he should probably be prosecuted for money laundering, financial fraud, and a whole host of other things, so let's just put that to the side, Trump's horrible, we agree, good. Uh, when Trump and Steve Mnuchin offered $1.8 trillion in October with $400 a week unemployment, not the 600 but $400 a week, with another $1,200 check, with money to states and cities, not enough, but something, um, with money for vaccine distribution, not enough, but something. I don't know. Can, can somebody tell me? $1.8 trillion, correct? $1.8 trillion, and this is $1.9 trillion. Let me get something straight. In October, when there was a $1.8 trillion offer, 
when people were still starving. When people were still desperate. When people were having to choose between groceries and medicine for their children. When Amazon workers were having to still go into work and risk their lives for the production and and so Jeff Bezos could have 26 bathrooms in his mansion. When Trump offered 1.8 trillion, that was insufficient. But when Biden gets elected, 900 billion is suddenly wonderful. A $600 check, which is an insult to the starving masses, is a down payment. And now $1.9 trillion when is suddenly reasonable and exciting. Do you understand how this works? She got basically this offer. A little bit... This offer is a little bit better than what she was being offered from Trump and Mnuchin. She got the same offer before the election and didn't take it because she's a filthy a filthy politician who is more interested in power for her party and donors, by the way, than actually helping starving, desperate people. Trump absolutely screwed up during this pandemic and did not meet the moment of leadership. But Trump's gone, so I'm not interested in discussing what he failed to do and didn't do. This greedy politician, this out-of-touch politician with a whole freezer of gourmet ice cream, thinks you're so stupid and is insulting your intelligence so much to, in October, tell you, don't even, how dare you, Wolf Blitzer, even ask me why I'm not taking this offer, to when her guy gets in, well, $900 billion is a down payment, and we're giving help to the American people. Oh, you're bleeding with an economic gunshot wound? Here's $600. And now this is the reasonable position, $1.9 trillion. That's not even gaslighting. That is literally playing with your lives to ensure the current president, Donald Trump, wasn't going to get a political victory before the election. That's what she did. If she would have agreed to it, Trump and Mnuchin would have muscled the Republican Party to agree to it, and people would have gotten help much sooner. Not the help we needed. Frankly, we need a 4 to $5 trillion bill. $1.9 is insufficient compared to the problem. But people would have gotten help sooner. And this is what Nancy Pelosi, Wolf Blitzer, decided to be be a journalist just for one day. This is what Nancy Pelosi had to say when Wolf Blitzer had the gall to challenge her on why can't you just take this $1.8 trillion. They can't pay the rent. Many Americans are waiting in food lines for the first time in their lives. Uh, Can you look them in the eye, Madam Speaker, and explain why you don't want to accept the president's latest stimulus offer? Well, because, uh, thank you very much, uh, Wolf, and I, I hope you'll ask the same question of the Republicans about why they don't really want to meet the needs of the American people. But let me say to those people, because all of my colleagues 
we represent these people. Uh, I have for over 30 years represented my constituents. Uh, I know what their needs are. I listen to them and their needs are not addressed in the president's proposal. So when you say to me, why don't you accept theirs? Why don't they accept ours? Our legislation is there uh, to do three things primarily, to honor our workers, our, honor our heroes, our healthcare workers, our police and fire first responders, our teachers, our transportation, sanitation, food workers, the people who make our lives work. We couldn't be doing what we're doing without them. Many of them have risked their lives so that they had to save lives, and now they will lose their jobs because but they Mitch really, McConnell they says really, let the states go bankrupt. Excuse me for let interrupting, the go bankrupt. Ma Madam Speaker, hmm? but they really need the money right now. Uh, and even members of, I of your own... I understand that, but your, if, but even members if you of ask your me own a caucus, question... Even members of your own caucus, Madam Speaker, uh, want to accept this deal. $1.8 trillion, Congressman Ro Khanna, no, no, for example. Minute, well, let, me just, let me just quote Ro Khanna, a man you know well. I assume you admire him. He's a Democrat. And he just said this. He said, people in need can't wait until February. $1.8 trillion is significant and more than twice the Obama stimulus. Make a deal. Put the ball in McConnell court. So what do you say to Ro Khanna? What I say to you is, I don't know why you're always an apologist, and many of your colleagues apologists for the Republican position. Rokana, that's nice. That isn't what we're going to do, and nobody's waiting till February. I want this very much now, because people need help now. But it's no use giving them a false thing, just because... So, to be clear, not to mention the, you know, who, you know, the wink-wink, I don't give a about Ro Khanna. Um, she said, nobody's waiting till February. Nobody's waiting till February. Uh, what's today? February 4th? Did you get your... Did you get your checks? Not the $600 checks. Have you gotten your recurring unemployment that would actually help you live? Have the states and the cities gotten the money that she said was inadequate in October? Nobody's waiting till February. And by the way, Biden's press secretary, who you got to give it to her. She's no Kaylee McKenney. This Jen Psaki, very competent, very slick. She's a very good professional liar. Very, very good professional liar. She started in the Obama administration. She's no Kaylee McEnany. Pelosi lied to the people. She wasn't not taking that deal because it was inadequate. And I don't even think $1.8 trillion offered by Trump was enough. No, no, no. But even a child could understand uh, $1.8 trillion in October better than $900 billion in de December. And by the way, based on what we're seeing from Joe Biden, if Anybody believes they've backtracked, they've backtracked on the checks. They were going to be 2000 now they're 1400 Oh, wait, we're not going to actually give it to everybody. It's going to be, we got to means test it. So now we're only going to give it to people making $50,000 or less. Even if the people that, according to their 2019 tax returns, make more than $50,000, they might be out of work now, but since we're looking at the 2019 tax returns, we're not going to give them any money. 
which is going to eliminate a huge amount of people. Uh, I'm live right now, Father. Yeah, I have to tell you something about what you're live about. Go ahead. You know this guy who owned, who is the founder of Google? Oh, here we go with your right-wing nonsense. Go ahead. Do you, do you know who, who is the founder of Google? Uh, Google? Who is that? I know the founder of Apple. Sergey Brin. Yeah. Do you know where he came from? No. He came from Russia. Do you know? Oh, God. To, you know who fought to get him out of Russia? Who? Me and many, many people who demonstrated because in while he lived in Russia, they had no human rights. And now he's come to the United States and he's denying people human rights. I agree. We're in, we're in agreement. That's right. That's why I wanted you to be able to say that on live, that this guy has embraced the American luxury life, but he's forgotten the life that he lived in Russia. And Americans fought to get him out of Russia. Americans fought to give him rights. That's right. And is this your audition? Because I know you've been saying you want to have a show with me for a while. This isn't an audition. You know, he, he's worried about what happened in the Congress in, in on January 6th. He should worry about what's going to happen in his Google office because he's denying people their right to free speech. I agree. I have a lot of activist friends who I can call to defend human rights, especially of my dynamic son. Right on. This is one of the few intelligent things I've heard from you in a very long time. I like it. Well, Now we just uh, got to get you on the Bernie train. Listen, listen, listen. All I am telling you is that I am very angry at this guy, Sergey Bren, who is the founder of Google and has forgotten where he came from. I agree. And you know, by the way, what I'm saying, by denying us our rights of free speech, they are actually going to expand and increase extremism because people are going to say, we need to fight back. We need to fight back against this big tech censorship. We don't need to fight back. We... We, Jordan, Jordan, they don't have to fight back. We're, we're just going to take over their office and we're going to show them what free, free. Okay, Dad. Now you're, now you're going to get me demonetized by calling to take over Google's office. I'm not advocating to take over Google's office, just to be clear. You know, no, you shouldn't advocate it because you're not my son. I'm advocating it because when you attack, my family, you're attacking me. And that was the wrong move for this Sergey guy from Russia. Okay. When he wanted to get Russia out of Russia. We were demonstrating on the streets of New York City. Larry, I'll call you after, and we'll, well, the, the audience is loving this, so we'll have to do it again soon. Uh, all I know is they better stop messing with my son, Jordan. Thank you. Love you. Love you, too. Bye-bye. So that's uh, Larry Charidon. Uh, he's a right winger, but I love him. Uh, big Zionist too, just to tell you. Uh, but he did make some good points. By the way, to be clear, to be clear, 
We are not advocating to take over Google's office. Just want to say, just want to say. So YouTube, I'm adding the context. I'm adding the context, the countervailing views that you speak of. Uh, we're not advocating for that. Nobody take over anybody's office. No violence, all those good things. But that was Larry Chardon.